This episode of Vegan Boss Radio is brought to you by Plant Life Nutrition. Plant Life Nutrition is Vancouver's first fully vegan nutrition store. This is also where I offer my vegan nutrition, coaching services, and custom meal plan services. And these are available both in person at the store and online. And what's so great about Plant Life is when you shop at the store, you know everything is vegan approved and nutritionist approved. So they've really done the homework for you. For 10% off all products and services, follow them on Instagram at Plant Life Nutrition and comment Vegan Boss on their latest post. You're listening to Vegan Boss Radio, a show for vegans by vegans. We'll be talking about everything to do with living that vegan boss life. And we need a good ending. Yeah, we need a good I ending. I don't know how do we end this shit. Enjoy the show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode four of Vegan Boss Radio. This is Shauna Barker and Megan Barker. And today we are talking about um, the top 10 criticisms of veganism and vegans and just how we respond. So if there's any new vegans listening um, and you hear some of these from your friends or family or complete strangers (laughs) um we just hope that how we respond will help with giving you ideas for how to respond as well shauna you've been (laughs) vegan like you're an og vegan so you've probably seen and heard it all yeah like a million times a million times (laughs) over so yeah we're just gonna talk about a few different topics (laughs) hopefully some are helpful for all of you vegans out there yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our list of 10 things, they're in no particular order. Um, so number one is that eating meat is a natural part of life. It's part of the food chain, the circle of life, yada, yada, yada. We're Our the top an- of the food chain. <laughs> Our ancestors ate meat, so on and so on. So Shauna, how do you normally respond to that criticism? Well, just... Lots of things like our pre-human ancestors and even like early human ancestors used to do that we don't do now. So I just feel like that's a really weak um, argument against veganism. I feel like with the accessibility of all the different plant foods we have now, the availability, all of the nutritional science that we know Um, We know how to thrive on a vegan diet, so there's no reason to keep doing something that we know that is no longer serving us. Yeah, and the whole comparing ourselves to animals and lions, I hear lion in particular a lot for some reason, but um, most recently when I heard someone say that they wanted to eat meat because animals eat meat I said well some animals yeah well, well yeah there's a lot of yeah there's a ton herbivores. of herbivores <laughs> and omnivores um we don't have to do what animals do because we yeah. have the luxury of grocery stores and having other options at our fingertips yeah we just we don't need to rely on animal products for our survival 
by any means. So if we don't have to cause that unnecessary harm, then yeah. we don't, we shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So um, what's the next one that we have? Oh, I hear this a lot. Um, it was definitely a topic that would come up when I was teaching a nutrition course on evolution. Um, so number two is eating meat made us human. Um, and yeah, just the research I was doing while I was teaching that class. Um, it wasn't eating meat that allowed our brains to develop more neurons. It was when we started cooking food. And when we started using fire and cooking, it just opened up how, min- how much more um, food items we were able to consume. Because if you think about grains and like starchy, like root vegetables, a lot of plants um, are edible, like in their raw state. I mean, now we can do things like soaking and sprouting and fermenting. Like back then they didn't have a Vitamix and a dehydrator and like all the tools exactly. that would make those foods um, more edible. But so back then it was cooking that really allowed our brains to develop into what they are today. Um, and actually on my website, on in my blog, um, there is an article I wrote about this. And in the article, I put a TED Talk um, that was, t- she was talking about this particular mm-hmm. um, topic, cooking, and how it allowed us to get more calories mm-hmm. from the food, digest it easier, and gave us more energy for like more neurons to grow in our brain okay what's number three number three that animals are killed from farming plants and so if you're vegan you better get off your high horse if you think that you don't cause any harm because being vegan you're still causing animals to die yeah and i think um that's a fair point because yeah some wild animals and some Mm -hmm. rodents will be either like displaced from their home or killed from like the uh, farming crops yeah protecting the crops but think about how much food cows and pigs need to eat Mm -hmm. so by being vegan we're actually relying on less land being used for farming not more yeah um because all like most uh, like the Amazon rainforest like that's clear cut to grow yeah. soy f- to feed cattle, yeah. so people can eat cow products. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it's still the choice that causes the least amount of harm and exactly. suffering. Yeah, and I think that is the main point. There is. Um, I don't know personally any vegans that go around saying they don't cause any harm. Mm -hmm. I think the whole point about veganism is you're just trying to cause the least amount of harm possible um, within reason. Mm -hmm. And I know I don't personally go around saying I'm perfect and that I don't cause any harm. It's just, it's really not the same. I've heard even people go as far as saying, well, you're still causing some harm, so it doesn't matter. Like, if you kill a thousand animals or ten animals, that's the same thing. It's the same, because animals are still going to die. Yeah, it's not not that much, like, yeah, you need to look at the bigger picture. Yeah, and supply and demand. Like, look at what's happening um, 
like tons of dairy farms are losing profits. Um, they're closing down just because more people are choosing plant milks instead of continuing to breastfeed mm-hmm. from a cow. <laughs> so, yeah, so supply and demand, like, yeah, it will take a while for the last factory farm to close, mm-hmm. the last dairy farm to close. But if we keep moving in the direction of more and more people choosing the plant-based options, then I think we will get there one day, at least in, um, like, North America. Yeah. exactly. So when people try to bring that up, if you're new to being vegan and your friends are saying, well, you're still causing harm, just say, yeah, but I'm causing less harm. Yeah. And that, and that makes, makes a difference. A difference. <laughs> um, okay, so number four. Um, this one is humans are naturally omnivores. So why are we trying to be a herbivore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this one's interesting because these classifications are not based on what the species should eat it's based on what they usually like what they generally eat Mm -hmm. and so yes throughout history humans have been omnivores um in terms of our physiology and anatomy we are very very different than a carnivore's anatomy and physiology in terms of like the digestive tract and like Mm -hmm. sharp teeth and claws and everything so we're definitely not carnivores, natural carnivores. I don't know, my claws are pretty sharp right now. You have pretty long nails right now. <laughs> I've sharpened them into points. You better watch out. Okay, so not counting Megan. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then we have lots in common with herbivores, digestive systems, but there's still some differences there like a lot of um herbivores are ruminants so they have like a very specialized digestive system for being able to break down all the cellulose from plants so cows for example have um like four stomachs to be able to do that so i don't like saying that we're like that we fall a hundred percent in the herbivore category but like looking at what we thrive off of and what our gut microbiome thrives off of it is plant fibers um and it's possible to be and herbivore, it's, yeah. obviously yes and thrive on that yeah diet. humans are incredibly adaptive mm-hmm. and we wouldn't be here today if we couldn't adapt to mm-hmm. like the natural diet of living up north where it's like super cold for so many months of the year or like living near the equator where it's always sunny and there's tons of fresh fruits and vegetables available. So if we didn't have that ability to adapt to different um, diets, like none of us would be here today. So yeah, I just feel like that's kind of a pointless comparison because yeah, we were technically omnivores yeah. like throughout human history, but it doesn't mean we still have to be that way. Yeah. It's we're not obligate omnivores, so there's no need. There's nothing in animal products that we can't get from. But there's also no plant point foods. in saying that we yeah. are herbivores. Yeah, because there's like some flaws in saying yeah. that as well. Um, That's like one of the few arguments that if you were like really gung ho about saying we're yeah. herbivores. There is, like, a lot of opportunity for people to poke, to holes, poke holes in that argument. So it's, like, just leave that. Yeah. We can win, like, 99% yeah. of the other arguments. Yeah. So, like, maybe just leave yeah. that Yeah, we kind of lose, like, credibility when we start, um, 
like trying notes. to make stuff up or cherry pick different evidence yeah. and research. Um, so what would your response be to that? So someone saying, but humans are omnivores. We're not meant to eat only plants. Um, I would say that we're not obligate omnivores. So just because we did have to adapt to eating both plant and animals in the past for our survival mm-hmm. <laughs> of, a, of our species, um, we don't have to do that anymore. Okay. Um, and yeah, if you just, if you look at like the longest living populations, like the Okinawans in Japan, they eat predominantly plant-based, like 90, 95% mm-hmm. or something. I can't remember the exact number. And sometimes people will bring up like, oh, but um, like people living in Northern Canada and Alaska with the heavy animal diets, um, they're like they're still healthy and we survived eating this Mm -hmm. way for like so long but there was a study that was looking at different mummies Mm -hmm. from four different regions around the world one of them was being like the alaska region and basically they were looking for evidence of plaque buildup in the arteries and 34% of the mummies had plaque buildup, so visible Mm -hmm. atherosclerosis. And when they looked at it um, for the specific region, the region of Alaska, the mummies there had 60%. Okay. 60% of them had plaque buildup. So it was quite a higher percentage. So that does tell us that, okay, yeah, they're surviving. Yeah. But are they thriving? Yeah. (laughs) And how is their life expectancy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. so yeah there's just other factors there and we don't often hear like the whole story about that okay um so just some little points to keep in mind that's a long one (laughs) yeah yeah and if you can't remember all of that you can just say you know what go listen to episode four of vegan boss yeah (laughs) we get into it it. yeah (laughs) so number five oh this one really drives me nuts It's the argument that plants feel pain and have feelings, so it's really no better than eating animals. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know if the people are like half joking when they say this or if it's something they truly feel, but it's just, it's a very strange thing to hear. Like everything that's living has energy, has a Mm -hmm. life force energy to it. Uh, but there's a difference between a plant responding to, like, stimuli, like, mm-hmm. you know, facing towards the sun mm-hmm. or, like, different responses to energy mm-hmm. and s- an animal being a sentient being. Mm-hmm. So how you can even make that comparison is... Uh, <laughs> I know. It, I, I, ca- that, I just don't even know what to say to it. I don't know if I should it. laugh yeah. or go along with it and say, yeah. sure, let's pretend, like, let's say plants do have feelings. Yeah. That's actually an argument to go vegan then yeah. because less plants die if everyone was vegan yes. versus feeding 60 billion animals to feed the population. Yeah. A lot more plants yeah. die <laughs> um, from feeding livestock. Yeah versus if people had just would go vegan mm-hmm. um the other thing there is like the ones where it, like they do seem somewhat serious and they're like well yeah like you're causing pain to the plants like 
look, you're yeah. bad too. Like, okay, sorry, your guilt is showing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Calm down. But, um, and we can't survive off air. So if it's yeah. either plants, eating just plants or plants and animals, like it makes more sense to me to yeah. just eat plants. Cause I couldn't like I can pick a carrot from a ground from the ground. Yeah. I can grow lettuce and pick it and eat it. There's yeah. no way I could kill an animal. When they're saying that, I want to be like, so you're putting your dog mm-hmm. in the same category as broccoli? Yeah, like, or your house plants. Like I've yeah. had house plants die from like overwatering or not yeah. enough sun or whatever, and it sucks. Like I'm it like, does. oh shit, I my know. my house plant. But having your pet die, yeah. That is fucking traumatic. And to make that comparison, it's so insulting to the animals. Yeah. To be compared to something that doesn't even have a brain. Yeah. Like one of your responses I heard you say once was, um, no brain, no pain. And I just thought that was good. (laughs) And like plants don't have a nervous system. Yeah. They're not sentient. They're not sentient. So, I mean, we're not saying plants aren't alive. Mm Mm-hmm. But again, this one's tough because I really don't know if people are serious or not when they say that. Some of them seem really serious and (laughs) I just, I don't know, yeah, yeah, I don't know whether to laugh or to cry. (laughs) Yeah, or just say fuck off. Yeah. Like, I, that's. Yeah, it's like, okay, we'll take your child, like, Mm -hmm. to go pick fruit and then take them to go kill a chicken, like, and see how they react to those situations. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I don't even know why we're giving this one energy. I don't know. I feel (laughs) stupid even just talking (laughs) about it. Yeah, I know. Okay, so moving on? Yes, moving on. Number six. Um, You can't be healthy as a vegan. You'll end up being deficient in... I don't know, fill in the blank, (laughs) protein, B12, iron. Um, Yeah, and this actually is what I would hear when I first went vegetarian like 26 years ago and we we didn't know as much as we do now about vegan nutrition. And this is what actually made me get into nutrition in the first place so I could answer this question and learn about the body and the biochemistry and how to meet our needs and thrive from an entirely plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this one is just coming from a very ignorant place. Mm -hmm. Um, The person just has not done any research into Mm -hmm. vegan nutrition. This one's (laughs) kind of funny, too, because I find that... um, Mixed in with this criticism, I also get the stereotype, like when someone first finds out you're vegan, they'll say, oh, you must be super healthy. Oh, you must be so healthy. I could never do that. You're probably eating salads all the time. <laughs> and, then, and then they say, oh, but then you're also, it must be nutrient deficient. Yeah. So which one is it? Are we super healthy or dying? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, when someone says this, I usually just you know I say like well you're a nutritionist yeah so (laughs) I can really get into it but yeah the short answer would be um there's nothing in animal products that we can't get from plants um the one point there is b12 which is made by bacteria people who eat animal products get it because there's bacteria in the animal flesh 
But the animals people are eating now need to be fed a B12 supplement. So in one way or another, you're supplementing with B12, either directly from taking an actual supplement or indirectly by eating the animals that take a supplement. So I don't think that the need for a B12 supplement is a Mm -hmm. good argument against being vegan. It's more that we're living in such like a clean, sterile Mm -hmm. environment now. Like there's no cholera in our water anymore, but there's also no B12. Um, And we're not like... I mean, unless you have an organic farm, mm-hmm. maybe you're still eating veggies with traces yeah. of uh, soil, which would have B12 in it. But yeah, I just, and there's so many healthy vegans yeah. now, like people who have been vegan 20, 30 mm-hmm. plus years um, and all the athletes. Yeah. So. But just to add an important note um, to this point is the importance of going vegan the right way. There's definitely unhealthy vegans out there, and it's really dangerous to just trust your own research on the Mm -hmm. internet or looking at what influencers do or someone has a million subscribers on YouTube. That does not validate their nutrition advice that they're giving. Yeah, exactly. This is one of those areas. I see really dangerous advice being given. Yeah, we've seen some posts of vegans saying, you don't need to take a B12, and it's like... It's just people need to leave the nutrition advice to the experts. Mm-hmm. Um, Shauna's motto is go vegan the right way because she wants to help people thrive on a vegan diet yes. and do it in the healthiest way possible. So um, not saying that all vegans are unhealthy or all vegans are healthy, but mm-hmm. you do need to do your research and make sure that you do it the right way and work with an expert. Yeah. And if it's not working for you, go to a nutritionist that specializes mm-hmm. and actually lives ve- like a vegan lifestyle. Yeah. Um, like some dietitians or nutritionists will say like that's one area that they specialize in, but they themselves are not vegan. Mm-hmm. So you kind of you don't have they don't have that experience Mm -hmm. that someone who is vegan would have yeah um so you may not get like all of the correct information that way yes so you can be healthy and be vegan yes just (laughs) do it right yeah we talked about b12 um and then if it's iron that the person is referring to or that you're worried about um from being a nutritionist and seeing clients for the last nine years, I'd say it's like 50-50 between my non-vegan and vegan clients that have iron deficiency. Mm, so uh, usually iron deficiency isn't from a lack of intake, it's from absorption issues. And so that's why like working on your digestion is like plays a really critical role in being able to absorb all the nutrients yeah. from the food you eat. And you may hear like heme iron is more absorbable than non-heme, which is true. But if you add vitamin C um, to the non-heme iron, it makes it just a, as it as absorbable okay. as heme. And there are some issues with heme iron being um, an oxidant in the body. So it causes uh, free radical damage okay. when there's too much of it circulating in the body. Um yeah, so just if you're worried about anything else to do with vitamins or minerals, just please send me a message or yeah. book a consultation. Um, there is some talk about like different fat soluble vitamins, but there's definitely ways around that and still being vegan. Um, What's the best email for people to reach you at if they have questions about nutrition? Like nutrition yeah. questions? Um, info at 
synergynutrition.ca would be the best one or come see me at plant life nutrition um i'm working in the store mondays to thursdays so you can just stop by if you had like a quick question or want to pick up a b12 supplement and that's for vegan vegans in uh vancouver Vancouver, yes (laughs) vancouver only plant life is in vancouver canada so other than that just through email yes all right so moving on to number seven that vegans don't care about human issues and that they only care about the animals. Yes. What this is um, an interesting one. Um, the first point I would like to talk about is that animals don't have a voice to stand mm-hmm. up for themselves. So a lot of vegans and animal activists feel the need to represent these species that can't stand up and speak for themselves Mm -hmm. so I want to be their voice (laughs) exactly Um, and James Aspie just can we give a little shout out to James Aspie he's like one of our favorite vegan activists and I first came across his speeches and his work um, when I saw him in an interview and it was his first time speaking after doing a one-year vow of silence and the way he articulates it in that interview it's so heartfelt and so clear and he makes a really good point that they are speaking we're just not listening Mm -hmm. and they have their own way yeah Yeah, they're they shout in pain they scream in terror they try to run they are trying to show us that they're in pain and don't want to be slaughtered Mm -hmm. so i highly recommend if you haven't watched that interview already to search on youtube or yeah. google just james aspie interview it's usually the first yeah. one that comes up we can put it in the episode notes the yeah. link to it too yes so, so it's just... easy to find um yeah and then the other thing is uh by going vegan we are addressing human issues as well um in regards to reducing our footprint on the earth in terms of climate change and how much we contribute to climate change so animal agriculture is one of the biggest contributors um so we eat three times a day we have the choice three times a day whether we want to like have a large footprint Mm -hmm. and contribute to more climate change or not so there's a lot of power in our daily choices um yeah. So that's one, the climate change. Yeah, which affects everyone, yeah. <laughs> including the babies being born right now that can't speak for themselves, but guarantee they would prefer that people ate less meat because it gives them more of a chance of um, stopping the climate change and reducing yeah. the destruction that we're currently doing to the planet. Mm-hmm. So vegan for the babies, yes. vegan for the environment. Um, as a nutritionist, I got into this profession because I don't want people to be sick. I don't want to see people with colon cancer Mm. and heart disease and diabetes. Um, So yeah, going vegan or like as much plant-based as you possibly can will help like reduce your risk for all Mm. of our top killers right now. So that's very much a human issue. Not to mention the slaughterhouse workers. Yes. That is one of the worst jobs and the treatment to the workers. Um, so the people who work in the slaughterhouses and the people who live near, near slaughterhouses. Yeah. 
and pig farms and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, slaughterhouse workers have a very high rate of post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. And they're often um, disenfranchised people with, like, not a lot of options for where else to work. So. Yeah this is very like it takes a toll on the workers psychological health 100 um, percent. i've heard like horror stories yeah. of people working in slaughterhouses like there's an article here on researchgate.net um, it's called the harrowing psychological toll of slaughterhouse work and one of the um, slaughterhouse workers they're quoted as saying the worst thing Worse than the physical danger is the emotional toll. Pigs down on the kill floor have come up and nuzzled me like a puppy. Two minutes later, I had to kill them, beat them to death with a pipe. Oh, my God. I can't care. Like, that (laughs) makes me feel physically ill. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah, like, the more slaughterhouses close down, the less people have to work in that environment which is like not only physically dangerous because they have to work so fast that there's always like accidents Mm -hmm. where they're Mm -hmm. hurting themselves but just the emotional toll is (laughs) i can't imagine yeah um so all around for the people involved in slaughterhouses and the animals all around it's horrific all of it um with the amount of pollution and the smell and they usually will put them... I think you know more about this than I do. Yeah, it's... um, They're somewhere in the States. I think it's, like, North Carolina where there's a high concentration of pig farms. Um, And just this one article in The Guardian, it's called A Million Tons of Feces and an Unbearable Stench, Life Near Industrial Pig Farms. And they actually showed some of this. I think it was in Cowspiracy. Mm -hmm. It was in one of those movies. Um, But it's recognized as environmental racism and its uh, consequences, both for the lower-income, largely African-American neighbors of hog farms and the state's environment lingers. Yeah. So... Yeah, of course, if more of these places close down or switch to, like, Mm -hmm. farming plant (laughs) plants instead of um, killing, having to kill animals, uh, less people would have to work in these situations. And just in general, I've noticed that if you stand for something, it's really easy for the people who stand for absolutely nothing to point their finger at you and say yeah but what about this issue you're missing and this issue Mm -hmm. you're missing I don't think we should punish people for standing up for a cause when there's so many people who are doing nothing Mm -hmm. one person can't stand up for everything and we can't speak for other vegans in what the other causes are that they care for that they're involved with Um, But one cause that we have noticed a lot of crossover between human rights and animal rights 
is a movement that we're both involved with as well called a universal basic income. Yes. Which is gaining a lot of momentum right now, like with Andrew Yang running for president. Yang gang? Yeah, Yang gang. <laughs> we're part of the Yang gang. We're Canadians, by the yeah, way. We're not we're in America, but we've just been watching um, the exposure that he is bringing to, um, he calls it a freedom dividend, but basically just giving everyone money. A thousand dollars a month yeah. just for being. And... I don't think this would change a lot of people's lives and it would help people who do work in the animal yeah. farming industry get out of that, um, like switch to something else. It would give them a bit more financial freedom yeah. to like choose a different uh, occupation. Exactly. And that goes for a lot of people who mm -hmm. are in um, harmful jobs. It gives people the freedom to say no. Mm-hmm to jobs that are damaging to themselves and to animals and goes against their ethics and morals. Yeah. Um, I have a whole blog on my website about the benefits that a basic income would have for the vegan community and we'll save that probably for like another episode. But there are so many connections um, with human rights and animal rights mm -hmm. and just like a lot of crossover with how that would work. Yeah, and just like to add to that, I think it's really easy for vegans to say to like a dairy farm owner or like any animal animal farmer, like, mm -hmm. oh, why don't they just like stop doing that and switch to something mm -hmm. else? Well, that's not always like maybe even if the farmer wants to do that, maybe yeah. they want to start growing like chickpeas instead of having a dairy farm because mm -hmm. they're seeing like it's just how like violent yeah. and terrible it is and that more people are choosing dairy free anyways so it's really easy to say like oh why don't they just stop and switch to this or this yeah but having a guaranteed income for that person would make it a lot easier for yeah. them to switch and have a safe their, transition um, business yeah. yeah exactly so and i think it would be easier for people to get out of yeah um their family farms that have been in their gen yeah. their families for generations and they feel like it's like how they make money for their family but maybe deep down inside it's not something they want to do anymore exactly. so having a little bit more f financial freedom would help them transition um okay we're on to number eight so why do vegans eat food that resemble meat or dairy for example mm -hmm. Like um, cheese? Yeah, like cheese, milk, and then right. all of like the fake meat burgers and right. chicken strips and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. Like most vegans weren't born vegan mm -hmm. and we grew up eating these foods like chicken strips and burgers and whatever the meat product is. I, I don't think um, those meat products resemble the animal that yeah. <laughs> they're made from. Um, so I think it's just common sense that we yeah. would want to be eating something that's familiar that we're used to. Yeah. Um, it's also a really great way for people who are transitioning to vegan, mm -hmm. who are still craving those foods and like the taste of those foods. So it's just adding that familiarity. I yeah, say. totally. And like lots of people go vegan or plant-based strictly for health reasons mm -hmm. or environmental reasons, not because they don't want to eat the animals or they don't like the taste or whatever mm -hmm. um so it gives like those people animal free options yeah 
um, which I think is a great stepping stone into like caring about the animals mm-hmm. as well because mm-hmm. um, people get into veganism for all sorts of reasons yeah exactly yeah it just make it lessens like the learning curve in terms of like vegan cooking as well like if they are just if they have their go-to recipes Mm -hmm. it makes it really easy to swap out the vegan item for what the non-vegan item is that they used to make so it makes transitioning to being vegan a lot easier yeah yeah and like you said a lot of people they don't go vegan because they don't like mm-hmm. the taste it's they don't like the suffering yes. that goes with it yeah. or like you said or the they diet have sky read. high cholesterol yeah. or colon cancer or like yeah. something else is making them have to stop eat stop eating animal products exactly um that was right. a nice short one yeah and <laughs> uh, number nine that vegans always talk about being vegan and look at Did us. you know I'm vegan? <laughs> hey, I'm vegan. I'm vegan? Uh, can I get the vegan ice cream yeah. and the vegan pizza? <laughs> the vegan poutine? <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how this got started. In my experience, it's usually, like, everyone else that brings it up. Once mm-hmm. they find out I'm vegan, they're the ones who keep making jokes or asking questions. Obsessing. Or, obsessing or you'll say like i'm gonna eat vegan ice cream or i'm gonna go get some vegan pizza they're like oh my god why do you always have to say vegan yeah so then when you say okay i'm just gonna get ice cream or pizza you go oh i thought you were vegan yeah (laughs) it's like we can't win no winning (laughs) um and i do think that vegans will talk about veganism for different reasons when i first went vegan i was just like so excited about it and horrified by everything that i was learning that as soon as I made that connection and really forced myself to look at the ugly truth of what the animals go through Mm -hmm. and the impact it has on the environment, my first thought was, oh my God, I need to tell my friends. As soon as they find out, they're going to have the exact same reaction and they're going to go on board with me and we're going to all go vegan together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't happen that way. (laughs) So I quickly realized that you really can't force any ideas. You can't make people look at things that they're not ready or willing to look at or acknowledge and so at the beginning it was just out of excitement and passion and being like really hurt that I I didn't go vegan sooner so I wanted to share that um most vegans calm down after like the first six months to a year (laughs) I'd say and they kind of become more mellow in like how much they talk about it or how passionate they get but again I agree most people now who they find out I'm vegan it's all they can talk about Mm -hmm. like even people who I've known for like I've been vegan for four years now and still like I get the same the same thing like literally obsessed obsessed yeah talking about it or making jokes about it and it's fine I actually am at the point where I embrace it like sure whatever like as long as it's being talked about that's fine totally like so, and yeah. people are going to be um, curious about veganism or persuaded to go vegan or want to try it out f- through different routes of being mm-hmm. exposed to it. So there's definitely like, you know, maybe they just put up blinders and a wall when mm-hmm. people are talking about like animal suffering. But when you bring them, like, a vegan cheesecake or, like, vegan burgers, like, just amazing, amazing food and everyone eats. So I think, 
like enjoying food together and having it come up that way can reach a lot of people but some people will see like the animal suffering and watch the clips and see the horrific uh things Mm -hmm. that are done to animals and that will make them want to change yeah so everyone's going to be different and be motivated um from different things so I think yeah vegans who don't talk about veganism every two seconds Mm -hmm. but maybe are like sharing food with people or showing others how easy and normal it can be to be vegan that you don't have to be like the weirdo that like (laughs) can't do social things with anyone anymore um so yeah there's different ways of being like a representative of veganism without talking about it all the time yes But also, I mean, food is something that comes up every day. Like, food is such a, like, social we eat three times a day at least. It's only natural to come up. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's usually why it comes up anyways. Like, it's easier to just say, oh, I'm vegan. That's why I'm not having that. Instead of having to go through each and every item and every animal Mm -hmm. product that you don't consume. Yes. So it's just like a shortcut. I mean, eventually we're going to get to be living in a time where we don't need to specify that we're vegan that it's just going to be the norm that would be nice and that meat eaters <laughs> are going to have to specify and then we can be like oh why do you eat animals yeah really where do you get they'll get pro- all the yeah. questions <laughs> and have to be like oh do you have like anything non-vegan on the menu <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so we'll get there eventually yes. one vegan at a time yeah um number 10 uh being vegan is too extreme it's too hard. I could never be vegan. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I always laugh inside a little bit whenever I hear someone say, oh, I could never go vegan because I was that person. And yeah. most people were not born vegan. And most of them were those people that were full meat eaters who were saying I could never go vegan. Oh, totally. I love cheese too much. I love meat too much. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. So you never know. I don't yeah. think... Uh, being vegan is extreme it's what happens what we're doing to the planet and to the animals that is super it's so extreme that most people refuse to even watch the footage of how the animals are treated and killed if you can't see where your food came from or how it got to your plate then there's something like extreme there (laughs) yeah if if witnessing um slaughterhouses and like seeing like you said seeing how your food if that gives you pts then that's a sign right there that that's a bit extreme i think open heart surgery is extreme yes exactly like eating so many animal products that you end up having to have surgery is that's very extreme destroying the planet because we like the taste of meat is extreme yes so the whole being vegan is extreme thing is uh, maybe it used to be extreme because mm-hmm. it was so difficult, but now for most people, if you're yeah. living in North America or if you have access to grocery stores and yeah, the normal stuff, then it's actually really easy. It's so easy. It's so I don't easy. miss anything. No, you still get to eat all of your favorite yes. foods. There's just um, no animals. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I would often hear um, like at dinners, at like weddings, like anywhere where there's a lot of people and we're all mm-hmm. eating together, um, 
I'll get questions like, oh, like, don't you miss eating burgers? And I go, I do eat burgers. Yeah. Well, no, but don't you miss eating, like, all the food, like, steaks and all this? I'm like, oh, well, like, that's not food to me anymore. Yeah. Like, there's food and there's animals. Yeah. <laughs> to me, like, that's, that's too, totally total, like, I do things. not miss eating animals. Yeah. And I love eating food. So it's just, yeah. like, a perspective Thing. Hopefully people will come around yeah. if they think veganism is extreme. Um, maybe they can just try, like, one meal a day. Yeah. If they're curious. Um, yeah, I like what Matt said when he was on the podcast yeah, about yeah. instead of doing one meal a week. Or one day a week, oh, yeah, like Meatless one, Mondays. Yeah. It's, like, such a huge gap in between. Yeah. So Start with one meal. One, one meal a day. Yeah. Yeah. Breakfast is a really easy one. Yes. I've been loving my tofu scrambles yeah. in the morning with yes. the shani seasoning. Shani seasoning. Yum, yum. Oh, it's so good. Um, I really like looking on Happy Cow every time I travel to a new city. So that's like a directory of all the vegan, vegetarian, and like vegan-friendly restaurants yeah. and stores in the area. So, I mean, we're in Vancouver. We're super spoiled with all the vegan options here. So spoiled. But no matter where you are in the world, if you just pop on ha- uh, Happy Cow you can find out where to go to try some new vegan dishes if you haven't tried them yet. So, if you're listening to this and you're not Thanks a vegan... Thanks for in there. <laughs> yeah, just give us a break. A little bit. Give us a break with the whole... You trying know, to poke holes in Trying to poke holes in it. Because just, you feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> Get off our dicks, okay? <laughs> Um, and thank you to our listeners. This was a really long one. Yeah. And it felt good to talk yeah, about it all. It did feel good. I'm sweating. <laughs> got the vegan sweats. I got the vegan sweats. <laughs> so is that it? Anything else? Yeah. I think that's... I think we covered quite a bit. All right. We'll save some of the... Um, other topics that may come up for a future episode because yes. I'm sure we could go on and on more than we already have gone yeah. on and on. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And if you have enjoyed the episodes so far, or maybe this is your first episode that you're listening to, if you liked it, please go like and subscribe and leave yeah. us a review. It would really mean a lot to us and it would help spread the word and you know get more people and if you're vegan and you want to be a guest give us a shout hit us up follow us on instagram vegan underscore boss subscribe anywhere that you can subscribe we're pretty much everywhere google play itunes spotify podbean so help us out yeah we really appreciate it (laughs) so we can rant more please (laughs) we're not desperate it's fine we don't care do what you want do what you want we don't need you. We don't. <laughs> no, we need you. We, we really need, you. need you. Don't leave. <laughs> All right. Great. Right. Thanks. Until next time. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>